So um, if you're listening to this right now, then that means that we solved the audio problem. Well, I think we should have solved the audio problem last episode, but we're just confirming that. I understand the last couple of episodes, the audio quality degraded over the past like 15, like the past like three, the audio quality wasn't that great. However, yeah, we're, we're, not just we're not proud of that. <laughs> we're not proud of it. We're not proud of it. We had to figure out a workaround for doing audio and video podcast at the same time. And long story short, we figured out a way to do it. Um, we won't bore you with the technical details because you probably don't care. We'll probably but make a video gonna, about it at some point. <laughs> yeah, we're probably going to, now that we have a YouTube channel, you know, it's going to be a multi-use YouTube channel. So we're going to do everything from, you know, politics to history to instructional videos to porn to everything. So it's going to be, it's going to be a very dynamic type of YouTube channel. So if you're interested in all those things or just one of those things, come to the Bro History YouTube channel where you will see interesting content, not just podcasts, there's there's funny stuff too. We do like little comedy skits as well, which brings me to uh, something, a, a topic I wanted to get into um, and a shout out I wanted to give to um, as well for featuring one of the videos I posted. Um, thanks, Ryan Dawson, for featuring my Lord Xenu video uh, on your channel. Um, it was... Uh, I really, I really appreciate it. And it was really cool of you to do that. You didn't have to do it. But um, I don't know if I told you, uh, Ryan Dawson from uh, the ANC report, not to be confused with uh, South Africa's ANC. Uh, he <laughs> is a, I guess, I, I guess I would describe Ryan Dawson as a uh, political analyst with a paleo conservative theme, like a libertarian conservative uh, theme to his content. And uh, the poor guy has been doing this for years and he has, he can't catch a break with censorship. It's like really, really tough for him. And I feel bad. Um, he releases a lot of content on subjects that are frankly, they're, they're taboo. However, I know he, he's an actual analyst who does his research and he, I've been following his work and I've never heard him say one thing that was racist or one thing that was really that bad. So um, thanks, Ryan, um, for for doing that. If you if you're listening to this and uh, hopefully we can have you on the have you on the show, um, I'll probably reach out to you in uh, within the week to, to see if you're available. But anywho, um, what do you think about censorship? Because there's a lot of censorship going on. Yeah, I mean. It's a it's a tricky subject. I mean, we've had conversations and debates in the past about, you know, uh, how, you know, First Amendment rights relate to, you know, real world consequences. So you have to consider those. But at the same time, I think we're both of the opinion that ultimately free speech is free speech and it should be valued and it should be just, you know, uh, allowed even when some of it is bad. <laughs> Yeah, even when some of it's bad, but uh, of course, but like my the biggest fear for me when it when it comes to suppressing free speech is when in your effort to tackle hate speech, you don't know who is deciding what is hate speech. Precisely. And you mm -hmm. can you can attack somebody who's not hateful at all. You can just throw the stigma on that person for being as being hateful when they're not really hateful to just discredit them to, just, only because you don't like what they say. Right. The onus comes down to the platform uh, or, you know, um, the individuals that run, you know, said censorship. The onus really comes down on them. And that's where we get into some sticky situations, because at the end of the day, you know, there's no there's no good algorithm to, you know, blindly and 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 uh, without bias, conscious or otherwise, um, be able to figure out what is actual hate speech and what isn't, you know? So there's always going to be this bias one way or the other. Um, and uh, that's why typically speaking, you know, we're proponents of free speech in general, uh, just because there could be no perfect system to identify and, and um, you know, quell uh, inflammatory rhetoric or, or hate speech and things like that. Well, I feel like you're not as big of a nerd as I am when it comes to like YouTubers, or maybe you are. 
Uh, we probably just watch different stuff. However, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of YouTubers and there's a lot of people who have been using Patreon who are leaving the platform. Yeah, leaving uh, the platform wasn't. Um, oh, what are those two guys? They just recently did a video. Um, shit, help me out here. Uh, uh, conservative dudes, Dave, Dave, Dave Rubin, yes, and Jordan yes. Peterson, and uh-huh. they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not conservatives. Well, they're conservative um, for my flavor, but. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Believe me, they're not they're not conservatives. Um Dave Rubin was on the Young Turks for for many years. He was like, True. Yeah, he was on the Young Turks. Yeah, fair he enough. He left the Young Turks because he didn't like Chank Ugar or because he felt that I don't want to paraphrase what he why he left, but I, I think it had something to do with uh Chank Ugar editing a video with Sam Harris to intentionally make him seem like he was an Islamophobic. He was Islamophobic. And Dave Rubin was like, I can't take this anymore. He's being dishonest. So he so he left. I don't like Sam Harris, but I I it's fucked up when you edit videos to to uh, try to twist people's words around. And a lot of news well, out- yeah. outlets do that. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, it, I'm sure somebody can probably take the conglomeration of of bro history podcasts, clips, videos, what have you, and and splice them together in such a way to make us say anything, you know? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, but look Ruben's at someone's... definitely not a... Go ahead. Ruben's definitely Ruben not isn't a, conservative. A, isn't a, isn't a Ruben, conservative. Ruben isn't a conservative. He's he's a classical liberal. I mean, that's how he describes himself. That's what he ident- identifies as. Like, he's very open about being a classical liberal. Like, so he's we'll... like a JFK Democrat, like, old school Jimmy Carter, JFK, uh, not new school Democrats like uh, Warren and Sanders and that crowd. Right. Um, or left, I should say. <laughs> uh, he's not a, a, he's not a far leftist, but his show is a really great asset to anyone who's really trying to learn anything because he has everyone on. Like, sure. He has people with different opinions on his show and he treats them with civility. No and we should that. all inspire to, to, to do such. But like, did you did you get a chance to watch that video of them explaining why they're leaving Patreon or or what's the scoop on that? Like, why? So I didn't watch. Why the, are they coming off? I I did not watch the video, but I know the gist of it. So, you know, who Sargon of Akkad, it, you know, Sargon of Akkad. No, it sounds like a conqueror in like Tunisia or some shit like that. Well, who's Sargon? I mean, of you're Akkad? close. You're <laughs> really? close. Sargon. Well, Sargon of Akkad, the the real Sargon of Akkad is a, um, I think he's a Sumerian, uh, Sumerian king. Oh, Sumeria. Nice. Am I saying that right? Sumerian. Yeah, yeah, Sumeria. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Sumerian king, but that's just his like his nickname. His his name is like Carl. But um, <laughs> that's what his YouTube channel is called, <laughs> Sargon of Akkad. And he's an internet commentator. Okay. And he's from England. Okay. He is, um, I would describe as Carl like a, an, a British liberal. That, that would probably be the best way to describe him. But his content is very anti-leftist. So a lot of his content is aimed at making fun of um, social justice warriors. Okay. A lot of his content is aimed at making fun of like the Young Turks. Fucking a lot Carl. of his content is like during the election, he sh- would shit on Hillary Clinton a lot. Okay. However, like if the things that he believes in, like how he identifies politically, he, he sounds like kind of like a mainstream Democrat, like as far as what he believes in. Right. However, he shits on the left a lot. And that's how he became famous. So apparently there was a video of, of him on YouTube. I don't know if it was on YouTube or some streaming service. Where he used the N word. Oh. And he used the N word. I'm not exactly sure how he used it. I think he used it in a way to like the spe- like the show that racism was bad. He wasn't like using it as a way to insult somebody or to spread hatred. Sp- spread hatred. Um, and Patreon kicked him off the platform. And this guy made his living off Patreon. I'm not sure if his stuff was monetized on YouTube or not. Um, I'm assuming that most of his income came income came from Patreon because it was that big of a deal. And um, when that happened, a lot of people who were on the internet, a lot of people who, you know, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of internet personalities were like, what the fuck? If Sargon of Akkad get kicked out, kicked off Patreon, 
anyone can get kicked off Patreon. So Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson, they they left and they they were like, we're going to create our own. Um, well, I was just going to say that you know streaming uh, um, platform. Uh, well, streaming platform. That's, that's going to be pay, a, like a uh, paper like a pay per view streaming platform where you know you have users that donate to you. I'm not sure what their business model is at all or what the service is going to be. I mean, the I, logistics yeah, might be might be very difficult. You know, they'd need a, a ton of capital and, and some really great coders to make anything worthwhile. I mean, look at uh, what's his face? Um, Casey Neistat from from YouTube, you know, like does all those uh, crazy videos and shit. Uh, he went off and tried to do like a partnership with CNN to to make like a like a, another streaming service. The likelihood that somebody comes up with a brand new streaming service that'll rival YouTube in any meaningful way is probably pretty low. Um, not to say that you shouldn't try, you know, fuck it, go for it. You know, uh, I respect people who, who want to go out there and, and disrupt the status quo. But I was just going to say uh, with regards to the Patreon, like, yeah, I mean, that really sucks that, um, you know, that, that uh, he's, he's being excised from that platform. But at the same time, we have to remember that this is a, this is a private platform that, you know, exercises its own control over its own communities. And if they feel like that violates their terms of service or for literally, if you look at terms of services nowadays, there's always a clause in there that says like, we can disrupt your service for literally any reason or no reason at all by, you know, signing up for the service. Like you agree to that. Right. And like, as fucked up as it sounds like it's truth. And and we live in a capitalist society and these and these companies, these platforms operate on those premises uh, and as a user and as a contributor to said platforms, you agree to those terms of services, whether you decided to read them or not is kind of irrelevant, you know? Um, so with that being said, I was going to ask, like, why don't, why don't these people just make their own Patreon that's, you know, uh, more um, accepting of, of free speech or, or uh, maybe not great, um, uh, uh, not great speech um, in general, you know, like, Go off and do your own thing. You know, like we're, it's 2019. You can make an app for anything if you wanted to. Well, the reason why I think these guys are doing it is because Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson, they're big names in the, in the online right. political business, um, especially Jordan Peterson. Like Jordan Peterson is like a rock star in that movement. And I guess they, you know, they, they feel that they can slap their brand on it. And since the, the demand is there, so a lot of people have left Patreon because of Sargon of Akkad. Like Sargon of Akkad had a huge following. And you actually saw that a lot of other uh, people on Patreon were really affected by Sargon of Akkad being kicked off because all of his fans, they were like in protest, they canceled their Patreon accounts. And now and they might have know, been donating to more than one. Exactly. Right. Example, I Tim Pool. You know who Tim Pool is? No. Tim Pool. We really don't. Is, we really we hang out in the yeah, in different sections of YouTube, don't we? <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually kind of cool that I'm I'm glad that we 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 do that because we don't sound off in an echo chamber and yeah. we can bring different perspectives. But um, Tim Pool is a journalist, a YouTube journalist. He did a, like a lot of Occupy Wall Street stuff, uh-huh. and I saw a video that he put out saying that he lost five grand like instantly when Sargon of Akkad was kicked off because there was like so the much new, crossover. Like the YouTube stock market, basically. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah. Yeah. So like all these guys who had crossover fans, which is a lot in, in that circle, uh, probably took a huge hit on their Patreon accounts. So the, the demand is definitely there. So Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson just want to make the money off of it. Not saying it's a bad thing; it's a smart business decision. Absolutely. But let's see. And if they disagree with what the, they put out, yeah, no, absolutely. And if they if they disagree with Patreon or, or or YouTube for that matter on on those points, like there's literally nothing stopping them from doing that. My only concern is that like like YouTube kind of has the 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 market by the balls right now. They have the technology, they have the infrastructure, and frankly, they just have the you know the the user base right pulling people away from that for any any reason is is going to be very 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 difficult it's not youtube it's patreon well didn't you say they wanted to make a streaming service though you know no not a streaming i i misspoke on the tech part but they want to make a like a a tiered membership service a donation platform uh um that rivals 
Well, yeah, Patreon. fuck yeah, go for they're it. They're not trying think... to replace you. They're not trying to replace YouTube because, like, yeah. replacing YouTube, let's be completely honest, is is a very tall task. And well, I mean, Casey Neistat tried that and it didn't with... work. <laughs> well, yeah, like two two guys who have strong followings on YouTube are not going to. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to take years. It will take years, years and years and years right. for them to make. By that point, we'll be watching like fucking holograms YouTube. or some shit. Yeah, you know, but replacing a a, a a tiered membership service like patreon i mean that is, is going to be difficult because patreon is definitely the best at it but um if they do it I, i'm curious to see what their terms of service would be if they if they censor anyone that's that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking and um what would they censor people for if they censor people at all and i'm also thinking um what the fuck was i going to say I forgot the last thing I was going to, uh, last thing I thought. Um, but if like, if they, if they fall into a trap of censorship or anything like that, like if they, if they limit speech uh, that, that, that they don't like, I don't think that they would limit speech from like leftist or people who have different political opinions in them. Uh, however, but if somebody comes on and is like saying some really outrageous stuff, let's just say, let's use, xyz minority and they start saying really bad the stuff about xyz minority saying bad stuff about the martians in a, in like the a martians. crazy way like a, yeah. in a play that you can't conf- like a, in a in a way that you just like can't cannot confuse with racism what would yeah. they do would they honor I, their free speech code or would I they don't know. or will they again it comes it, it it comes down the onus is on the platform the onus is on the people who like administer these things and i was watching um was it, with my girlfriend and we were just chilling she she plays a lot of podcasts too and i forget exactly what we were listening to it might have been this american life or like um how this is built or some shit like that but they had on uh one of the former reddit bosses uh it was like a woman um who was like a community manager for a minute and you know kind of rose in, in the reddit community and then uh, you know, worked for Reddit, of course. Uh, and they were talking about exactly this, you know, like how do we monitor and, you know, police the communities, right? And, you know, the the moment that they started, you know, trying to trying to do anything uh, uh, remotely uh, close to to censorship, it, it you know, the 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 ad that the moderators <laughs> revolted on Reddit, uh, basically shutting them down. And I mean, like mainstream subreddits, you know, like our books or like, you know, our gifts or some shit like that, like really mainstream, super, not even the crazy wings of, of Reddit were, were like revolting against it. And it was pretty interesting to see how that played out because of the way that Reddit is structured because of the way that, you know, they have moderators, like users are moderators. Uh, and, you know, it helps, I think, for them to moderate their own, um, like little niches of the internet. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, there's always going to be, you know, some weird dark corners of Reddit with some really fucked up shit in there, you know. Uh, and, you know, the, the question again, it, it, so these guys, they can make their own Patreon, right? But they're going to fall into the same trap eventually because, because that's how it works. And they're not going to administer like they're it's not good. They're not going to do the see over the day to day stuff. Right. You know, they're right. not going to choose. They can they can be involved in maybe the initial TOS, but they're right. not going to be able to to actively like mo- they're not going to be monitoring people like, oh, I didn't find that bad. You leave it on. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it po- perhaps it could fall into the same trap. You know, they. I think the main reason why they're doing it is because they want to make money. Like they have the names and they have they have the ability and the momentum to build a platform like that with their, you know, with their uh, with their following. So they'll probably yeah, more- immediately get a, a bit. A get, there, there's so much crossover in their fan right. base, too, for people who are pissed off at Patreon. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably see a really big wave there. And yeah. I'll be I mean, more power honest. to them. Maybe we can join, <laughs> you know, shit. No, that's what I'm going to say. That's actually, I'm not joining Patreon because I want to see how this thing works out. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I would have started a Patreon. Um, probably. I was thinking about starting a Patreon now, actually. This is like mm-hmm. over the past, like two weeks was like the first time I started about really giving it some thinking thought about making a Patreon. Right. Um, but now I'm waiting for that platform. Like what's the word with that platform? If it's going to be in, if it's first of all, if it's good. Um, because I don't say anything that's going to get me kicked off. Like, I right? Don't, I mean, and that's that's kind of another thing. That's a, that's another thing that I wanted to bring up. It's like, you know, we pointed out that we kind of look at different 
um, areas of YouTube. Uh, and honestly, the the banhammer hasn't really affected the the you know the areas of YouTube that I frequent the most. You know, like obviously I hear about it; it's it's all over the news, and like sometimes I hear YouTubers talking about it uh, as well. But like I've not, I don't. I guess I don't frequently listen to people who have uh, you know inflammatory shit to say in general. Like I guess I listen to a whole lot of middle of the road, you know, people. So but, this brings me back to Ryan Dawson. And so Ryan Dawson, he was, he has a YouTube channel, but he made his, he, he made a lot of his mo- income off Vimeo. So he had a Vimeo on demand channel right? where you would have to pay, I, I don't know, I think it's like five bucks a month for, for his, his video content. streams. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And he, I mean, Ryan Dawson is a real political analyst. He's right. a real journalist. Mm-hmm. He has, he has a, a journalist contribute on his show that have sources inside um, you know, the Syrian army in Palestine, like they have like on the ground sources. So they have a, they had a really, really good um, show covering the Syrian civil war. And these guys all of a sudden were just kicked off Vimeo and it really fucked them for a while because all of their content was erased. They had years of content. They had all these movies on it. They had all this stuff on it that was, you know, you had to purchase. They had movie, he had movies on it and all this stuff. And Vimeo just one day out and decided to just cancel his shit, um, d- delete all of his content, shut him out of his account without any notice. And they gave him some bullshit thing where they were saying that he was anti-Semitic. And they were saying he was anti-Semitic because he's a critic of Israel. And I don't want to go into that conversation right now just because we're on we're on YouTube and you always have to watch what you're saying. However... That was bullshit. That guy is not anti-Semitic. That guy is just a critic of Israeli foreign policy. And that guy, he was kicked off Vimeo for it. And it's like, I get scared about uh, saying the wrong things sometimes. And I feel like I have to self-censor myself a lot of times on this podcast, just because you don't know who's going to take the wrong thing the wrong way. Because so many people play by identity politics nowadays. If you say something... You're either racist, bigot, homophobic, sexist, anti-Semitic, whatever. And uh, it's worrisome. So I want there, I really, really want there to be a good platform where you can say wherever the fuck you want, not just for my own sake, but just so journalists can get on there and actually like say things that are scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess the question also just comes down again to like, you know, technically speaking, we could all start our own websites, host our own content, and drive traffic to our own personal websites, you know, and charge on our own person and say whatever the fuck you want, you know, like you could do that. But at the same time, a lot of these people and, and trust me, I'm on your side for a lot of what you're saying. Like, I, 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 I disagree that that, you know, we should have to step walk on eggshells to speak about the things that we feel passionately about. And, and especially the stuff that we have cold hard facts for and and we're not being bigoted about um however you know the question comes down to like all right well everybody wants this universal platform that's completely you know free to speak on uh that they can also make money on and uh you know that um that everybody in the world can easily access and already does you know and i'm not saying that that's utopian you know, like we should always strive for something like that. But at the same time, you know, that's like, you know, when, when you have a, a discussion about like, say, I don't know, universal health care or like, you know, universal schooling or some shit like that, like it's, it's doable. It's, it's being done in places, but at scale and in the current environment, does it work? You know, so like, can we have a platform that literally doesn't censor anything that you could make money off of that's easily accessible to everyone right can is is that like globally and scalably possible and that's kind of the big question and then the other question would be like a lot of the people who who get banned frankly are 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 losers and nobodies who are you know fucking inflammatory you know like the majority of them are and i think we we mostly talk about, you know, the, 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 the people who have big platforms, who have big followerships, you know, 
who are mostly middle of the road, you know, and we don't talk about like probably the hundreds of thousands of people that get kicked for being assholes, you know, for like legitimately being assholes, you know. Um, and I wonder how we would feel if, you know, all the smut was included, <laughs> you know, without being banned, you know, like I wonder how that would how that would change the experience. I wonder how that would uh, particularly play into, you know, the usability and the and the universality of, say, YouTube. You know what I mean? Like like kids go on YouTube, like children go on YouTube. You know, can you imagine if they didn't ban shit and you saw like the the raunchiest porn and like, you know, the most racist bullshit and like, you know, the flat earth bullshit. I mean, that's still on there, but you know what I mean? Like, like, could, could you imagine how that, how that would affect the dynamic of YouTube? That did happen. Elsa gate. Elsa gate. Explain. Yeah. Okay. So Elsa gate is a really sick story. It's, it's a real thing. So people were taking advantage of the algorithm in YouTube and there were all these tags of Spider-Man and Elsa and over over the years because they're both very popular. Mm-hmm. Elsa from and from, from uh, Frozen. Frozen, from Frozen right. mm-hmm. Yeah. I should be more specific. From the move the Disney movie Frozen. And Spider-Man. So, <laughs> so all these people were making like these fucked up videos of like Elsa and Spider-Man where they would it would seem innocent. And then all of a sudden they would start like rubbing shit on each other's faces or they would start like dry humping each other. Uh-huh. Like it would just be really, really inappropriate stuff. Uh-huh. And these playlists, it would be um, served through a recommendations engine on YouTube and kids would be watching these videos. And all <laughs> of a sudden they'd be served some fucked up video <laughs> with Spider-Man smearing shit on the face of Elsa and then dry humping her. <laughs> like it was really really weird and the videos got like even creepier like um just weird weird things with children like mm-hmm. these like these videos on youtube were, were the, the con like some of this content was very strange and um a lot of youtube channels were removed once this came to surface hmm. like there was this one really famous youtube channel I don't know what it was called, but it was like this really, it was really disturbing and it had something, it was like a family, but it was like a weird family and the father would be overly aggressive with the kids and the channel was, was, uh, was canceled or not canceled. It was removed from the platform and it was like making it, it had like a million views per video. So that did happen where people fooled the algorithm or fooled they tagged their videos in certain ways that were like, they tagged the videos um, with, with tags that would be relevant to the content they were showing, but they were showing it and they were showing the content in a very perverse, twisted way. Right. Inappropriate content. Now, so that, I mean, that's, that's the whole, you know, the, the whole issue. So yeah, yeah. it happened, it, ha- it, it happened, but like most likely a 10 year old is not going to be watching some Fortnite tutorial and then be served a video that talks about race and IQ. Elsa Gate, <laughs> you know, I it's like uh, the the rules I mean, of the I internet. I guess you can't like, subliminally. You can yeah. do that. You can make like, all right, we'll just make a ninja. Tr- we'll make a Fortnite video, but like uh, three minutes in, it will just we'll, we'll start making an argument about how um, the white race is superior. Right. Right. It's entirely possible. It's entirely yeah. It's entirely possible, but and and if we're talking about like a utopian platform where none of this speech gets um gets censored you know yeah then you're then people are not going to be then letting their kids go on the platform exactly and they themselves might just not go on the platform either you know so it's a it's a tricky balancing act you know uh like and and to my knowledge you know i'll give youtube credit like they use some pretty dope tech you know to identify um you know uh content to be flagged or, or taken down like i remember uh, uh, for, for one of my DJ shows, um, like I did a lot of video content and, uh, I just wanted to use like a Beyonce video, including, you know, cause I was mixing it into my set and, uh, I put it on YouTube, but like on private for myself, you know, to reference later and, uh, they flagged it and it's like, nobody saw this video. This video has one view and it was me. How did you know? 
uh, and it was you know their their algorithms their the tech that they use for that that identified either the video or the song or both uh, and was able to flag it. Um, they use some pretty dope tech to to find objectionable content or copyrighted content, and that's that protects a lot of people. Um, and that's just kind of like the unsung hero as well. It's when we come and in, run into the situations where either that algorithm fails or whoever's in charge of managing the community has an unconscious bias or a conscious bias, you know, um, and just makes a judgment call that's wrong. Right. So it's like, again, open question, you know, the YouTube without the restrictions would would dissuade people from wanting to go on the YouTube in the first place because of the objectionable content, because of things like Elsa Gate, like you point out. Yeah, but at the same time, I see some pretty weird stuff on YouTube, and I don't think this stuff should be removed at all. I'm not saying sure. that this stuff, sh this this content should be deplatformed. I'm not even saying this content should be demonetized. However, I see a lot of content on YouTube that I think that you can call racist, and a lot of mm -hmm. the stuff saying like the truth about race and IQ, mm -hmm. and like you know they do videos about how Europeans right. are smarter than you know black people or people from africa mm -hmm. and all that type of stuff there is actually a lot of youtube channels that yeah there's are fucked up shit out there that. yeah there's a lot of and like they really believe it and they present it in like a scientific and they present it in a, in a way and they try to bring facts to the table <clears throat> i mean i don't i think it's i think it's but i'm sure they get argument. demonetized and i'm sure they don't serve them in in their algorithms yeah, I don't think they, they're definitely not demonetized but they're still there um i think there's this one channel called Red Ice TV. I think it's a Swedish channel. And I was um, like looking at it. I, I, go on, I go into Red Ice TV and I was looking at their videos and like all their videos are like, it's okay to hold, be white. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, dude. Sorry. Yo. Yes? What's up, Ben? Uh, are you leaving right now? No. Okay. Yes. The answer is yes, but I'm in the middle of a recording, so... Later. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Sorry about that, dude. Go ahead. Mom, you're ruining my podcast. God, Ben. <laughs> Maybe we'll leave this in. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it in the video at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of like that race IQ stuff uh -huh. on on YouTube that's not demonetized. That's not. I mean, well, I don't. Th I think it is demonetized. Let me take that back. However, that stuff does exist. Uh, but I find that really smart journalists, really good journalists who have credibility, who have the ability to make a really strong argument and who bring real facts to the table are the ones that are most severely punished from censorship. And that brings me back to this guy, Ryan Dawson. The guy does like really, really good investigative journalism. His shit's fucking... This, his shit's fucking... It's like a crusade after this guy. There's another. Um, there was that um, Mark Lamont Hill. He's not on YouTube, but you hear a story about Mark Lamont Hill. I don't think so. No. So Mark Lamont Hill is a. He is a Palestinian's right a Palestinian rights activist. He is African American. He works for Temple. He is a contrib. Well, he was a contributor to CNN. Um. Uh, I, I think we talked about this. Yeah, to yeah. Him talk. Mm -hmm. I listened to him. I listened to him talk. He sounds kind of like, I don't want to call him a social justice warrior, but he definitely aligns on the left. Um, he's not like, he's not a Thomas Sowell. Okay. And he uh, had, he spoke at the UN and he said he had a um, speech about how bad the conditions were in the Gaza Strip and, uh, the racial colonization in the West Bank. And he was talking all about that. And at the end of the speech, he said that I hope for a Palestine from the river ah, to the yeah, sea. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was fired from CNN mm -hmm. instantly. Mm -hmm. Like right after the speech, but next day, he gets a phone call. You're done. You're No more CNN. You're mm -hmm. done. And I was like, wow, I'm really, really surprised. And I'm surprised, one, because I, I didn't, I, I just didn't hear the right. I didn't hear a call for violence at all. Um, well, I mean, isn't the implication of a Palestine from the river to the sea means that there isn't any Jerusalem, uh, any, excuse me, any Israel in between? 
Isn't that the implication? It's, I mean, Ham- Hamas Hamas says that, but I don't think. I mean, a lot of people say it though. It's like Hamas says it, and maybe they you have know, like like if somebody but... had uh you know was talking about say you know um I'm struggling to come up with a good analogy, but. It, you know, if someone was, uh, you know, very eloquently talking about, say, poverty in the United States and then ended their, you know, uh, speech with like, you know, blood and soil or some shit like that, you know, it's like I wouldn't, you know, it's quite that. Yeah, it's a, probably a bad example. But the point, though, is that, you know, that the implications of that of that particular statement um, imply that that there would be no Israel in between, because that's who lies between the, the river and the sea, the Jordan River. And uh, what is that? The Mediterranean Sea, you know? Yeah, I, I'm just very I'm still very surprised. Um, I saw him on, you know, you know, the Breakfast Club, the the radio show. Yeah. Uh huh. What about it? With, Char- with Charlemagne, the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, New York City radio so, show, right? Morning show. So he he was on that and he was, you know, he was explaining himself and he's like, dude, I'm not like I'm not racist. I'm not a black nationalist i'm a professor at temple like Mm -hmm. i have not said i have never said anything racist or anti-semitic in my entire life the only thing i said is that the only thing i said from the river to the sea is that i think there should be a one-state solution with israel israelis and palestinians living together like that's the only thing i meant and i'm like well, I mean, it sounds pretty reasonable maybe you should have let him explain himself right and i'm with you people are that on that one that that's if sensitive that and that upset. triggered about it that that he can't go out and explain what he meant about that. Like I could see why people would get the wrong impression by that statement, being that it is something that you know um, that some Arabs that are uh, anti-Israel uh, would say uh, with with certain with those negative implications. I can see how people can can be upset with that, but like that's hardly the worst thing to ever be said, you know. Uh, no. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, he, at the very dude, least, I, he should have been able. He should have chose his words a little better, but he shouldn't have been crucified for it. I mean, I think the I think the the verbiage he used really really wasn't bad. And I think if people found it bad, if there was a red light or someone was triggered at CNN, or if they got a complaint, I'm sure they got a complaint that he could have. Why not just give him a platform to go on TV on CNN? He's already a contributor there. Or write an article saying, hey, by the way, when I said from the river to the sea, I didn't say it mean to say that I wanted to wipe out Israel. It meant that I just think there should be a one state solution instead of a two state solution and that Israelis and Palestinians should be living in peace in the same country. Boom, gone, done. Right. I'm not an anti-Semitic. End of story. Let's go. Right. Let's move on with our lives. Right. I'll continue my activist work. I won't. I'll be sure not to say that again. Yeah. However, I'll go ahead and I'll continue to do what I'm doing. And, you know, you guys can you know, continue to do what you're doing. But I, I just think it's like, I thought that was just so ridiculous that that guy was the platform. And I don't want to throw like race stuff in here, but I was also more surprised that he was deplatformed uh, just because he is a minority because he is on a left. He's not like, he's not fucking Richard Spencer saying something like that, you know? Yeah. Or he's like not David some, Duke. Da- or he's not like, David yeah, Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not David fucking Duke saying something crazy like i mean in fairness in fairness your race professor at yeah, in fairness your race shouldn't protect you from you know uh no. hate speecher at all you know so like uh but i i hear what you're saying it's like you know icing on the cake he happens to be a minority he happens to be a leftist he happens to you know be a cnn contributor and a and a, and a professor at at a liberal university so yeah i, I get it <laughs> Yeah, he's not fucking Farrakhan going up, right. going up there and like saying stuff like, "Well, the Jews need that." Like, yeah, yeah. Farrakhan says some crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would fire Farrakhan if I was CNN. I, I, I would agree with that. However, this guy did not. Deserve, I just feel I was just I was very, very surprised that this guy was fired. And I think I've talked about this probably like five out of ten of the last episodes we've done um, since this guy was fired. Because I thought it was just ridiculous. It, it's 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 not fair to make people like like you, you not you're not going to let people do their act their their activist work. Like that's well, I mean up. that's like, not stopping him from doing activist. his activist work, right? I mean, it's taking away his platform and it's sending a message to other activists that you can't you can't be an activist for this cause. 
uh it's fucked up to me like it's really it's really fucked up yeah and and, and that kind of comes down it, to again the onus comes down to the platform holder like the people who hold the keys to the platform in the cases of these youtube folks being deep platform for saying things you know it might be an issue of the technology it might be an issue of the administrators having conscious or unconscious bias and in this case you know it's the the platform owners of cnn which again is a private business uh that that has their own private like intentions and goals and things like that so i don't know i'm i'm kind of a free market person on this one like that's their that's their fucking prerogative you know like like, you know, in the same way that we have to accept that free speech is free speech, like that's that's their business. Yeah. CNN, fake news. OK, right. And fake news. You know, and like CNN okay. is hardly right. the, the, you know, the worst offender of this. Like, I'm sure all of the mainstream news networks are doing this to a certain extent, you know, so. All the mainstream news networks are pretty bad. Yeah. However. CNN is the worst, However, the failing CNN, New York C- Times. The failing CNN. However, I think that I'm very surprised that Fox News lets Tucker Carlson say what Tucker Carlson says sometimes. Once in a while, once in a while, Tucker Carlson goes on Fox and he says stuff that I'm like, wow. Wasn't How he hitting Trump? They let wasn't he hitting Trump that? recently about like pulling out of Syria? Or was that Tucker? No. no, that was Fox and Friends. I think. No. Yeah, it was. That's it, probably Fox. Yeah, and the Friends. dudes at Fox Tucker and Friends Carl. were like, "Oh, that sounds like uh, you know you're giving you're weak or some shit." Like I was, I, I don't actually know what they were saying, but because I barely watched them, but I remember. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, Tucker is not a neocon. He is a conservative, but he's not a neocon. And Tucker is not a sycophant to Trump. So he will criticize Trump when he disagrees with his policy. Um, Trump, uh, Tucker happens to believe in Trump's immigration policy. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't like Tucker Carlson. I don't like Tucker Carlson. I think he has a lot of disgusting shit to say. And he that's his prerogative. And he can hold those opinions and beliefs. I don't like what he said. I don't like 99.9% of what he says. But I do find it like, for, to your point, I find it kind of interesting when he does say some shit that kind of goes against the grain of like the Fox News trope. And they somehow let him <laughs> let him live. <laughs> um, but he well, it's. He goes on Wait until his so ratings go down and then, you know, we'll see how, how that, uh, how long he'll be able to, to, to go against the, uh, the narrative. But the rating, but people love Tucker. That's the thing. <clears throat> like I, his opinions reflect yeah, a people lot. People loved of... O'Reilly, but he got shut down. People, <laughs> you know, like that was the most watched cable news show period. Like at the time. Or so Tucker, so Tucker, replaced Megyn Kelly and there was a concern about Megyn Kelly because Megyn Kelly had the, the highest ratings on Fox and then Tucker came on and he just blew her ratings out of the water and he's never really changed his he, he's never really changed his rhetoric he does have that style that kind of like talking head style where he brings somebody on and doesn't let him speak and he kind of shits on him and all that stuff and like that's why I don't like cable news in the first place but his like direct messages in regards to like what's going on in uh in like syria he'll just flat out say the truth he'll, like he'll flat out say say the truth he'll be like oh like i mean he, i don't the other day i don't fully, had- i don't fully agree with you I, I i don't i don't think he always tells the truth i think he mixes in i think he mixes in some bits of truth but then he uses a he spins it in a way to appeal to his audience i he says a lot no, of disgusting he does. shit he, he does. He he does, and I don't really think he says anything bad. Um, well, we disagree says, on that point. <laughs> yeah, we'll disagree, and, and we can debate that in another episode. However, I don't really think he says anything really that. I don't think he says anything really racist. He just board, he's he's a border hawk. Um, I don't really think there's any shame in being a border hawk. However, he the example I'm using is that when he was talking about. It was Syria the other day. He had somebody on. Um, it was some fucking neocon type guy, and he was like, "Wall Trump is is starting a huge risk. Is going to be a huge risk. He's empowering ISIS and empowering and Assad 
he's empowering Russia. And Tucker's like, wait, 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 wait. Can you just explain to me if Assad is fighting ISIS, how is Trump empowering like ISIS? Like if, if they're fighting each other, how is leaving going to empower one side? Like how is it? It's, and he just kind of just, just destroyed him. And, uh, he says the truth when it comes to comes to foreign policy. He'll spin it in a way where it makes sense to the audience. Like he's not going to talk about the plight of the Arabs or the plight of the Muslims. He'll talk about like an example he'll use. He'll bring out like Christians. He'll be like, well, Assad's protecting the Christians. Who else is protecting the Christians? Do you want, you know, Assad protected the Christians from ISIS? Like he'll say stuff like that to try to appeal to his audience. That is like 99.9% Christian. Um, However, like I, I just it's to me, it's strange, like it, that he's allowed to say what he says on sometimes too. he doesn't he doesn't, he doesn't do this every single day. Well, I mean, but it's like he'll say he'll, he'll say shit like that. But then, you know, the next day he'll he'll exaggerate claims about, you know, uh, violence from you know people south of the border, you know, and, and make them out to be like monsters when they just people. So, you know, he says some disgusting shit, too that lines up really well with that narrative. So I don't know. I don't like him. I, I don't like what he has to say. I don't like his opinions. I don't think they're practical. Well, on the border stuff, that's another, that's another thing, but I'm just saying when it comes to foreign policy and his view, well, border um, is foreign like, policy. Wouldn't it, you it goes, agree though? Well, with going his art, his views on the middle East goes against the grain. Fair. The standard Republican base grain. I'll concede that. And I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they let him say what he says on a mainstream news outlet, because you're never going to see like someone like Rachel Maddow say what he says. Rachel Maddow will never criticize U.S. foreign policy. Uh, I don't know. She wrote a whole book on criticizing U.S. foreign policy. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. When did she when did she write that I, book? Because I haven't in the past two years. Yeah, she's like I, she, I own the book. She it's, it's, makes her living off of uh, shitting off Trump and in, in uh, connecting the dots of the Putin collusion. Well, yeah, because that's the that's the flavor of the month right now um, or the flavor of the administration right now. Um, no, a lot of her shit, especially before the, the whole the whole Trump fiasco has been heavily critical of U.S. foreign policy, even when Obama was around. So I don't know. Again, we're in different, we're in different, we're in different echo chambers, I think, but I'll, I'll let you borrow the book if you want. <laughs> I'll let you borrow the book if you want to read it. You're, you're definitely more in, I don't watch Fox News on the daily. Neither do I. I don't watch MSNBC on the daily either. I don't watch really any cable news network on the daily. The only, da- the only news networks I watch are, uh, I watch France 24. Yeah, you were telling me about that, yeah. And I watch um, Al Jazeera. I watch Vice News constantly. Like, I like Vice News and the way that they report because they have some interesting stories that, like, mainstream news isn't talking about. And they, like, get deep in and on the ground to a lot of these places. And, like, you know, they'll be in North Korea. They'll be, like, in Syria during the Civil War. They'll be in war zones. They'll be in, like, slums of the favelas of Brazil. Like, they talk to some... They talk to some people like they interview some like drug lords and like all this shit. I find their their reporting super interesting. I definitely think it has a left leaning twinge. But, you know, the like I don't see that shit on the mainstream news, you know, like I just don't I don't see them talking to the actual people on the ground. You know, the their journalism in that respect is fucking dope. Like to be able to hear it from their mouths. That's awesome. No, it's definitely courageous. It's courageous journalism to go into a war zone. That's what Tim Pool used to be. Uh, Tim Pool, I think he used to work for Vice, if I'm not corrected. The guy who I told you who lost all of his, uh, lost like most of his Patreon followers because of Sargon of Akkad. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, or at least $5,000 worth of Patreon followers. Uh, he was, uh, he worked, I think he used to work for Vice. I might be, I might be wrong. But yeah, but he was one of those guys. He is like a guy who goes into like the ground on the ground and he'll interview. He'll go to like a war zone or talk to somebody with like a knife. Who's like, I'm going to kill the government. And then he'll, he'll talk to them. Yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, there's a word for this that I'm blanking on, but a lot of our, you know, uh, 
a lot of our, our news nowadays is just postulating. I mean, to a fair extent, we postulate a lot too. <laughs> uh, we don't have anybody on the ground just yet, <laughs> uh, but maybe someday. No, we don't. No, we don't have anyone on the ground. But we also don't purport um, to be except- like, hey, we're like the best news network or like we're the most, you know, the best historians in the world. Like we're not that. We're just we're just a couple bros talking bro history, right? Yeah, um, I definitely don't think that you could in any sense call us historians. Um, I don't even think I would can be considered an amateur historian. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I don't no, know I'd, I'd give that, I'd give that, yeah. I guess I'll, amateur historians and amateur and uh, gonzo, no, gonzo journalist is one that's like super partisan, right? I, I don't know that term. It sounds like a silly word. <laughs> no, it's an actual term. It's I think it's I think the term is meant for somebody who's like a, a journalist, but so it, it is a journalist for a certain perspective. What like Alex Jones? <laughs> um, I guess he might fit the bill. Alex Jones is just more of a insane person who sells fear, uh, who sells fear porn to people. It's not all he sells. He also sells supplements and bone broth. Yeah, well, exactly. He sells. Maybe that's the solution. Everyone who had a Patreon that are getting deplatformed should just start selling bone broth. Oh, but I I have documents right here that, uh, well, uh, James Cameron is, uh, is, is moving to, uh, New Zealand. And I have it right here, reported right here that, uh, James Cameron. Uh, knows about a virus that's going to be released into the atmosphere. It's going to kill about 80% of the population. He's going to be living in a biodome with 500 million people, only the smartest people, and you're not included. They're sending all the seeds to Iceland, but what they won't, they don't want you to know is actually they're human embryos of Joseph Stalin, and, and they're keeping them on ice. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's what the emails are saying. It's all a plot from Soros and his minions. <laughs> my my favorite Alex Jones, um, my favorite Alex Jones moment. Let's let's talk about our favorite Alex Jones story and then end the episode because we're gonna we're approaching on an hour. We didn't even hit the topic we were supposed to hit, and Again. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> whatever. We were supposed to talk about South Africa. Uh, however. We didn't really get to the topic. Um, maybe we'll, we can just cover it real quick. What I wanted to talk about with South Africa is that um, the uh, the new government, well, not the new government, but um, the South African Parliament is pushing forward uh, pushing forward a um, possible amendment to their constitution that will change the. Um, that will change the uh, South African constitution where they would allow to seize land, uh, private land without compensation. Under what pretexts? Um, I guess racial or um, the majority of the land that they would seize would be white farmers under, under like the uh, uh, reparations. Oh, under, Um, under, under the pretext of giving back reparations. Yeah. That's really stupid. That's really stupid. Well, the reason why I just wanted to say one thing, it's why it's dumb. Um, if they do that with farmland and like there's been this stuff going on with far with with uh, with South Africa, there's been all this stuff about white genocide going on and everyone's like, oh, white genocide. They're killing white farmers just to kill white farmers. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that. Uh, black people are killing white farmers just because they want to kill white farmers. And there's like this crazy, well, there is racial tension in South Africa. Who, who are, who am I kidding? However, I don't think they're just going after white people. They're going after white farmers because they're older because, and they're remote. So they're easy targets. So if you're going to rob somebody, then you're going to go to a place that's remote and somebody who's older. Now, if you seize the land, of farmers if you start redistributing farmland farming is a high-tech skill if you're going to farm in mass with surplus 
you're going to need a high tech labor uh, labor force. It's not just putting seeds in the ground. And if you replace the farmers with any like with any other farmers, if you replace the farmers with unskilled farmers, then you're going to have a food shortage. So I'm just looking at the economic implications if they do if they actually start redistributing lands of high skilled farmers to to the government or I, I, I don't know like the full the full uh, like what the plan is. What I was reading about today is that there is no plan. Like there's like no actual plan how to redistribute this farmland. The only thing that they're doing is they're pushing forward and the the possibility of an amendment to make it legal for the government to start seizing land. Okay, so so but what but what's the again, what's the the pretext for this? You know, like why seize the lands? What what is the reason why they're seizing the lands? There's a lot of economic, um, there's, um, economic, why can't I think of the word? Is it like wealth disparity or something like that? Yeah. Wealth disparity, wealth disparity. So they're, they're using wealth disparity to justify taking land, private land. Yeah. Well, wealth inequality, right. like wealth inequality. And I think it's like. Well, so white people are the minority in South Africa, but I However, bet they're they the majority, 70, right? The, the majority economic holders, right? They they own seventy percent of the, the farmland, mm. so they're like, well, you know, all these white people, they kind of, they came here and they stole the land and all this stuff, and that's a pretext. There's no rules in place though. Like it's an amendment. It's it's a bill that it was. Well, it, what was pushed in South the South African Parliament was basically like another vote to see if they could change the constitution to, to, to see if that's legal. So there's, there's no, there hasn't been any re- redistribute Like they haven't started redistributing land yet. However, it's a possibility. And if that happens, I think it would be a really big problem because whenever you start redistributing farm land, it always ends up to be devastating for, for it's, it's like the Soviet union did it. Zimbabwe did it. It always ends up really bad. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. Let's you know remo- removing any of the racial you know debates and removing any of the debates on reparations and you know the the, the situations you know the history that that got us to this point today. Kind of removing all of those lenses. I think I think you you might be right on the economic portion of it. It just wouldn't make sense. Now, I'm still I got to read about this. You got to send me whatever articles you're reading and shit because. <clears throat> sounds very interesting. I don't agree with it. I think it sounds stupid, but I want to know what the motivations are. And I want to know, like you said, that there's no plan. It's like, okay, why? <laughs> I've got a stupid idea and no plan to back it up. You know, like. <laughs> well, what they would need to do is that the government needs to decide which land that will be targeted. Um, they need to decide who's going to benefit and they need to, they need to also like decide like what help the, the people who retake the farms would have, like, like if there's going to be like re- help after the resettlement, if there's going to be like farm training, yeah. Li- libertarian um, alert. And then <laughs> this is, yeah, if, there, if there's going to be like legal and like, what are the legal rights of these people? Right. Like, it, it's just. It, it gets in a really, really dicey territory when you start seizing private property from citizens. Um, I mean, who can, like if I found out that my I'm not saying this, all of everyone in my blood lineage, they were all amazing people. I don't think any of them had slaves. Actually, I doubt that they probably did some of them. <laughs> However, if I had to like give something up based off some asshole. From 200 fucking years ago, who has slaves? And I had to like give away my fucking house because of some asshole relative 200 years ago who like whipped his slave too hard. I would, that's going to get me in trouble. Yes, it is. Apologize. All right. I think we should, <laughs> I apologize for that. I'm saying that racism is bad. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something that you can take out of context. See, the, I mean, you can edit anything. No, I, I hear you. Personally, I know that my family probably didn't have any slaves unless, I don't know, yeah, not not in the United States, at least. <laughs> my mom's Puerto Rican and my father's Palestinian. You know, is it possible that 
if anything, I think my my mom's side of the family might have been slaves at some point, you know, or like have slave lineage. Everyone, someone in your ancestry has definitely been a slave at one time or another. Yeah. If you go far or enough back, right? If you go far enough back, like I'm sure some of my relatives were slaves to like the Roman Empire or something like that. Yep. Or, and I'm sure some of my relatives had slaves. Like it's, you can't erase history. Like people had slaves in the past and now we learn from the mistake. And we don't have slaves anymore. Simple as that. Slavery is bad. That is the theme of this podcast. Slavery is bad, and we are going to fight it every single episode. That's a nice, easy, safe issue that will not get us in trouble. Slavery is bad. And it's also the truth, too. So It's also the truth. But it's also bad. So... If YouTube tries to demonetize us or kick us off their platform, then they support slavery. Mic drop. <laughs> All right. Um, let's end this piece up. All right. All right. Fuck y'all. Peace. <laughs>